ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Expert to Authority show. This is the show for coaches, speakers, and trainers who want to grow their businesses while making an impact in the world. And uh, you know that when you're running your business, a lot of things can come your way. In particular, you, you're going to be pulled in so many different directions. So actually, being on top of your game and also not burning out is one of the most crucial things that you can focus on in your business. Uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So stay tuned until the end of this interview because this interview can make or break you, right? It's like one of these things. That's the topic that we are going to cover. Now, before we get going, two things. If you are new, uh, make sure you subscribe so then you don't miss any other episode. And also check out uh, um, uh, the, the, the links in the show notes because we have something great for you. It's called the Webinar Conversion Kit. You know that webinars are an incredible way to get clients and also attract new audiences and showcase the work that you can do. And, uh, but many people create great webinars that are presentation uh, that don't get clients, they don't convert, they get compliments, but not conversions. And so we have an entire system. We have worked with more than 500 experts to help them create their own profitable webinars. And you can find our system at webinarconversionkit.com. So it's called webinarconversionkit.com. Let me repeat it one more time, webinarconversionkit.com. And you can have our system on creating high converting webinars. Now, Let's get started with the interview. In fact, the guest that I have today, he left corporate America because he realized that he had, he had done many things, that he had many accomplishments, but also he was not leading a centered life. So he became a leadership coach and he uses his personal journey as a unique training method to guide other Apex performer in leadership position to face their toughest personal and professional challenges at home. And in fact, we are going to talk about how to achieve peak performers without balance or burnout. So please welcome Jerome Myers. How are you doing, Jerome? Amazing. Thanks for having me on, man. This is exciting to be with you. All right. So let's get going. Tell me, tell me, tell us about how did you get to this point? Because you know, your passion is about peak performance and also helping others to perform at a high level, but without burning out. Uh, what got you to this point? Man, it's a long road. I think the shortest destination or the shortest way to get there would go to I left corporate America after building a $20 million division for a Fortune 550. And mainly because I had to lay people off two years in a row and it just didn't feel right to me. And I wanted more agency over my life. I wanted to be able to have the buck stop with me. And so I marched out. And I got into real estate investing and the thing I thought I was going to do didn't work out in the beginning. So I had to do something else. Then I made it back into the thing that I wanted to do, built a multi-million dollar portfolio. And then I realized how lonely I was. I realized that the thing that I missed more than anything from corporate was working with leaders and helping them grow and expand because that's what my role ended up being when we were going from zero to 20 million over the course of about 12 months. And so I said, well, how can I do that? And I thought back to my second year working when my mentor, who was leading a business unit at a Fortune 500 company, maybe it was Fortune 100, said, Jerome, the best gift I can give you is the gift of coaching. And I'm going to start having my coach start meeting with you 
And I think that will help your journey. And boy, did that ever change my trajectory because I was able to get opportunities faster than my peers. And when I started mm -hmm. looking at my compensation and my responsibility, it was very different from the majority of people that I spent time with. So you add all that stuff up and it places me here where I pivot back. And so in 2020, I got really, really focused on building my coaching practice out. And what I found in that was, whoa, we can really make an impact. And so in January of 2020, I did four coaching calls by the end or by December of that year, I did 65 that month. Mm -hmm. And then you fast forward to the next year, I did about 750 calls and I'm at about 750 calls for 2022 already. And you know, we're coming through the end of July at this point. So with that kind of as a backstop, I'd love to kind of take this wherever you want to go. But the majority of folks that I spend time with are those who are solopreneurs or they have a very small team and they're looking to grow and scale. Yeah, I, I am. A, it's fascinating how things like got back in circle, like from from what I'm from listening to your story. And you said uh, uh, there are a few points that I would love to talk about before we go into the peak performance element. And you mentioned earlier that you wanted to get into something and the thing that, did, that you wanted to get into didn't work when you were talking about the property part and then uh, you managed to make it work. What was the thing that uh, you wanted to do and why did you want to do that particular thing? I'm curious. Done as a skilled interview always will do, right? You got to close the loops. And so I was interested in buying. Not, not just a pretty face here, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I wanted to buy an apartment building. Me and my buddy Duran were sitting on a soup sophomore year of college. And we did what engineers do in their free time. We started doing some math. I was paying three ninety five. I had two roommates doing the same thing. Downstairs in Duran's apartment, they had this exact same situation happening. When we multiplied it across the complex, we realized that the guy that owned the property was making $700,000 a year, but we never saw him and we never talked to him. Yeah. Like, man, how could we do that? And the only issue was we didn't know who to go ask. I'm the son of a soldier and a stay-at-home mom. People with multi-million dollar real estate portfolios weren't coming over to the cookout. Mm -hmm. And so because we never saw the guy that owned the property, we couldn't ask him. And so where do you go? And so you put that dream on the shelf and I went and did what you're supposed to do. You know, you finish getting good grades so you can get a good job and then you can go work for 40 years. You can get the house, the 2.5 kids, the dog, the picket fence. And I realized that that's not what I wanted to do. And so when I started to pivot and come out of corporate, I was like, let me, let me blow that dust off of that dream I have yeah. up here on the shelf and see if I can actually do that. And as I was going on that journey to get into the space, what I realized is I probably wasn't prepared for it. So even though I had an engineering license, even though I was a project management professional, even though I had an MBA, when I walked into the banks and said, hey, don't you want to give me a million dollars so I can go buy this mm -hmm. building? They told me no. And I was like, oh, you're just crazy. I'll go to the next one. And then the next one. And then the next one, the next one, the next one. By the time I got to the 10th bank, I realized that nobody was going to give me money because I didn't have the requisite experience in order to be able to go do this. And it's, it's really interesting because I think a lot of people, when they're starting out, believe 
that the bank is going to fund their dream, their idea. Hey. But that's not what the bank funds. The bank funds proven operators who've executed the business plan and demonstrated a track record of success. They fund sure bets. They yeah. don't fund dreams. They don't fund ideas. And, oh, by the way, they'd love for you to have on deposit the amount of money so that if this thing doesn't work out, they're still whole. Because for them, it's not really a, a loan. It's, how can I put my money on the street and make more money? Yeah, I'm that's an investment for them. That's anything. an investment. Thousand percent. So uh, I I had to rethink my strategy. And so I started fixing and flipping. And the peop- the numbers were smaller, so it was easier to get access to that capital. Mm-hmm. And then while I was doing that, I had a guy pull up in a white Dodge Ram, hopped out, walked through the grass and said, hey, buddy, we're getting ready to do a house like this down the street. Just want to check out your finishes. He walks through the house. He's impressed with what we have going on. And on his way out, he says, man, do you know anything about that building behind the Chimbo Mart? Hmm. Behind the Chimbo Mart? The 23-unit apartment building? And he's like, yeah. I was like, man, I tried to buy that four or five months ago. He said, well, I'm going to make an offer on it today. And I was like, you got to let me in on the deal. You're the guy I've been looking for. The banks told me I need somebody with experience, and there's no way that you're making an offer on this building if you don't have experience. And he said, well, you know, we own a few things. I said, well, we need to do the deal together. He said, well, what are you going to bring to the table? I said, I don't know, but you're the guy I've been looking for. Don't leave me out the deal. He said, yeah, I, I get that you want to do the deal, but what do you <laughs> Yeah, but what's in it for me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I said, well, I'm not sure. I'm certain we can figure it out. Don't leave me out the deal. You're the guy I've been looking for. And so he looks at me one more time, furrows his eyebrows, and says, what are you going to bring to the table, man? I said, look, I don't know. But what I do know is that I want to do this deal. And so he turned red, got frustrated, shook his head, turned around, walked out, walked through the grass, hopped in his truck, drove off. And as naive as I am, I was like, man, he's going to call me tomorrow and we're going to be under contract on this thing. And it's going to be off into the races. And this is a Wednesday. Hmm. Oh, Thursday comes and goes. No phone call. I was like, all right, they're just negotiating. Friday is the day. Friday comes and goes nothing. I was like, all right, maybe they just need the weekend. Weekend comes, thinking I'll get a call on Monday. Nothing. I was like, okay, well, maybe one more day. So I'm sitting on the stoop on Tuesday afternoon. I'm like, this is not going to happen. Let me reach out to him and see what's going on. And then I realized I didn't get his phone number. I realized I didn't know his name. I realized I didn't know what house he had just bought down the street. Hmm. And my stomach fell. I got so disappointed because how could that possibly be? How could I've had the opportunity to meet the person who was going to transform my business, actually get me into the space I wanted to be, and I couldn't articulate my value. I couldn't do any of the other things I needed to do in order to follow up because mm-hmm. I didn't get contact information. Yep. How could I blow it? How could I blow it? And so... The rest of the week came and went and no phone call, of course. And then the following Tuesday, I get a phone call from a guy I used to lend money to. He said, hey, man, I got the opportunity to be a contractor on that deal you and I talked about four or five months ago. 
I told them I was only willing to do it if you were a part of the deal. It's like, oh man, that's amazing. When are we meeting? Tomorrow at 9 a.m. I'll be there. Just give me the address. Mm -hmm. So that got me back in the deal. But for the listener, you never know when those seeds that you plant will come up and you'll be able to harvest. I when I was lending money to that guy, yeah, five six years prior, I had no idea. I had no idea that there would be a situation where there's opportunity for me to be in a deal, and he would have the side door that I would get let into. So, that's the thing. That's the thing that we were trying to get done that we weren't able to get done. And that's how you you managed to get to getting back to the deal. Uh, what did you? What lesson did you learn from this um, from this process from uh, from this experience? Biggest lesson? Yeah. There's two. Always be able to articulate the value you can bring to somebody. And if you haven't asked enough questions in order to find out what problem they're trying to solve, then you probably talk too much. So always articulate your value. The second one. Always get the contact information. If you're relying on other people to follow up with you, then you've just lost control of how the relationship advances. And I mean, come on, if anybody's went to met somebody and they were interested in dating them and they didn't get their contact information, they relied on the other person to reach out. Well, you got what results you they wanted to have not the results that you wanted to have and pace is really important especially when you're doing a deal yeah and that's a that's a hell of a story that's a hell of a story and i think that there are these kind of experiences that create us and forms us in the, in the business world you know the slap in the faces that we get and sometimes there are things that are just meant to be sometimes there are things that are just meant to be if you think about an apartment building like it was meant to be but you needed to go through lessons to get to that point where you were ready for it. It was there, but there's sometimes that the opportunity is there. We need to be ready for that opportunity, which now leads me to now the next question, because uh, I know a big passion of yours in the development and leadership development that you're doing is uh, talking about avoiding burnout. And there is this thing about, uh, you know, life balance and uh, which is uh, thrown around the left, right and center. And once I was reading some of the suggestions for, for this interview, you mentioned, you know, you can burn out and and the concept, you, you don't have to burn out and the concept of balance is, you know, not, 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 a, not a great concept. So what are your views on that? Yeah. So for all the listeners, I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up right now. I want you to balance your weight on both of your feet. Keep it nice and balanced. Do not shift the weight at all. Ready? Now I want you to take a step. Did it work? Without you shifting your weight from one to the other? I know. If not, then I think they just proved the point that you can't make progress without being out of balance. Hmm. Right? If you get on a scale, the scale is balance. What does it read? Zero. So this, this whole concept of balance is a falsehood. It's mythology, right? Not if you want to make progress. If you want to stay exactly where you are, which is probably in your comfort zone, 
then balances the game. Yeah. But if you want to make progress, if you want to be a peak performer, if you want to be an apex performer, then balance is not what you're seeking. What you're seeking is to be centered. What you're seeking is to be able to focus and place attention in the places that they need to be in order to create the momentum to get the flywheel going so that you end up in this perpetual state of movement. Mm -hmm. And that movement is the difference between you falling off to the side and you making progress, right? Static businesses. If you're making the same money every month, very soon gravity's going to come in and pull you out of the tank. Yeah, yeah. You got to have an upward trajectory. And so you got to get the flywheel going. And the only way you get the flywheel going is through movement and motion. And the only way you can have motion is without balance. You talk. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes, it makes sense. And I really like that metaphor. I love that metaphor because balance is, you mentioned, like keeping things as they are, like balancing things, making sure you, they are kept as they are. Movement automatically destroys balance. But you mentioned the word being centered. What's your, the difference between balance and center? Like, what's your definition of center? That's a better question. What's your definition of center? It's a very long definition. And so, I give, give, me, the short, give me the shorter one. <laughs> uh, I, I, I wish that I was eloquent enough to condense it down. So, right, let's explore here's it. the thing that I've learned. Um, the concept of center seems really simple, but it's really intricate when you really dig into it, when you're talking about life, right? And so our model for a centered life has six layers, self image, relationship, and work. This is the source of all the stress in your life. Mm -hmm. This is where people start talking about getting things in balance, because if it's out of balance, then it creates friction. It creates stress. Mm -hmm. right? If you don't spend enough time with a person you're in relationship with, they're going to give you a hard time and say that the work that you've been doing is the reason why your relationship isn't as good as it's supposed to be. Oh, uh, yeah. If you don't have a good self-image, then you're going to be relying on the person you're in a relationship with to continually build you up because you're not happy with yourself. And so those three layers, stress. We want to turn down the stress so that you stop doing the self-destructive behaviors that are negatively impacting your health. So level four is all about health, but you got to do the first three layers in order to get the stress noise down yeah. so you can actually hear your body and find health. From health, we go to prosperity. We do health before prosperity because I think everybody listening knows somebody who has their wealth, but they don't have their health and they're spending all of their wealth to try to get their health back. Mm -hmm. I'm a big proponent of people not going backwards when they come to me. So I want them to get the health before the wealth. That way we don't have to shell out the duckies in order to try to buy back our health. Yeah. When you get to level five, most people feel like they're done. They've self-actualized, right? They figured out their money problem. They have a pretty good health. They've got decent work. The relationships are fulfilling and they feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. The issue though, is that when you get to level five, when you self-actualize, you start asking the questions, what was it all for? Is this really it? because you haven't found fulfillment. Mm -hmm. Level six for us is significance. We believe that significance is the only real success. And some people call it legacy. Other people call it immortality. We simply call it significance. And the whole concept here is that you positively impact the lives of other people. And through that, you find your fulfillment. 
And so those six layers is what comprises what we call a, a centered life because mm -hmm. all of them touch one another and finding the center, which is your self-image and becoming the best version of yourself. I think a lot of people say, oh, you should just accept me the way I am. But if you're not the best person you could be, mm -hmm. why would you want to be accepted? Right. And so it starts with you, 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 you being in the center and then everything else emanates from that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And uh, I like uh, what, what I actually what I would love to explore now is uh, still staying in the concept of sen being centered. And uh, I'm very selfish right now because that's a, a topic that I'm exploring at the moment. And uh, I'm in this phase of my life where I'm removing a lot of things, removing, removing here, removing there, just like to really focus on the things where I can make the biggest impact and the biggest contribution, as you mentioned, to have that fulfillment after you achieve a certain level of stability. I, I went through this last year where I was like, okay, well, I built these companies and um, I'm, I'm 30, I'm 33 and what's what's next and what was it all for and so i went through that through that period as well and so why is it important to have all these elements interconnected to find the one thing that you're looking for because it looks like you're looking for one thing being centered that's the one thing you're looking for and this one thing now is impacted by all these other elements so why do you need to impact all these other elements to find that one thing now because life's not compartmentalized, right? Some people think, oh, well, this is the work thing. I, these are my work hours and none of my work hours should ever impact my relationship hours. It's just not true. So we're looking for integration. We're mm. not looking for compartments. And I think there's this thought and it's an unnatural concept that you just put this over here and it stays there and you put this over here and it stays there. Nothing in the world exists that way. If you try to compartmentalize the ocean, it would be silly. If you try to compartmentalize the beach, it would be very silly. Mm -hmm. If you try to separate all the leaves and I can go through all of these other examples in nature where it just, it's not practical. And so we don't want to fight against that. We want to make that work to our benefit, but we want to make sure that we have the right sequence. Cause I, I think that's where people get lost the most is in the sequence. If, and I think most people who li are listening will be able to identify with this. You ever meet somebody who is totally destitute and as generous as they could possibly be. Mm -hmm. They didn't listen to the lady on the airplane who said, put your mask on first and then put other people's masks on. Inherently, they don't believe that they should be well off. Yeah. So they get rid of it as quickly as possible instead of being able to give from a place of abundance. And so these areas that we lay out, self-image, relationship, work, health, prosperity, and significance are the ones that lead to a fulfilled life. Mm -hmm. These are the ones where you actually end up living a life of your wildest dreams. And I haven't been able to find examples of things that don't fit into those buckets so that you can actually optimize them.
But what happens a lot of times is, oh, well, I'm going to go focus on finance, right? I'm going to get rich. Mm -hmm. I'm going to focus on my prosperity. But you didn't change your self-image to be the person that can actually have Mm -hmm. that level of wealth. And so if you have that level of wealth and you don't have the self-image to support it, you end up with imposter syndrome which then leads you to self-destruct. And so you spiral back down. Yeah. Because you're only going to ascend to the level of your development. Mm-hmm. Did, I, did I get your question? Yeah, you definitely got it. Uh, and uh, I think it goes back to why the concept of balance uh, is a faulty concept, because uh, the concept of balance is all about compartmentalizing. Right, that's what balance is coming from. You know, you, you compartmentalize this part and then the other part and then the other part and then the other part because only by doing that you can create balance. And I think that that's also where uh, I like the fluidity of the system that, you have, that we are exploring now because I'm a big believer, as you mentioned, that one area impacts the other one. You know, if I'm, if I'm having a, a, an argument with my wife, Trust me, my working day is not going to be an happy working day. <laughs> that is just the case. <laughs> I never had. Yeah, you can pretend I can, that uh-huh. it would be, but that's not truly where you are. And anybody who truly understands your vibration, yeah, your yeah. frequency, they're, they're going to pick up on it. 100%. So now, how do we make this work practically? Now that we understand the area, we understand what's the aim. The aim is not to find balance, it's to find center. And there are different areas. Now, of course, uh, we have people that are listening now and say, myself included, saying, okay, where do I start? What, what are the first few steps that I can take in this journey? What practical things someone can do to start into this process uh, as you are creating and as you are envisioning it? Yeah. So you have to take the red pill, right? That's what this is all about. And so it starts with self-image. And the question becomes, am I the best version of myself that I can be? Inherently, the answer should be no. Well, and you have to be honest with yourself in order to say that. Well, what do I really want to be better and then you figure out how to go do that. For some people, it's as simple as I'm not accountable to myself. I don't keep the promises I make to myself. If that's the case, then we need to start with these micro promises so that you can get some wins so that, you know, when you make a promise to yourself, then things start to happen. Mm-hmm. From there, once you are accountable and you to yourself, you have a different level of conviction when you enter into your interactions when it comes to your relationships. And so there's three buckets that relationships fall into in our model. (sighs) The first one is mutually beneficial. The second one is not mutually beneficial, but can be reframed as mutually beneficial. And the third one is never going to be mutually beneficial. You immediately sever all of the relationships that will never be mutually beneficial. They are vampires. They are parasites. They are draining you. They should leave immediately. The ones that aren't mutually beneficial, but can be reframed. We want to take those. 
And we want to have the conversation of we've been doing you a disservice. We've created an unhealthy relationship. In order for us to continue to be in a relationship, we need to make some changes. Mm-hmm. So here are the expectations. Here are the needs that we have in order for this to continue. And give the person opportunity to opt into the new relationship or opt out. Mm-hmm. Both options are okay. Sometimes we get scared because we feel like we'll be lonely if we do these things. Yeah. I can assure you that there, if you don't do them, there's no room for the new people who are going to come into your life and help you take to the next level. Mm-hmm. Then that last one, the, our favorite, is the mutually beneficial ones. We just need to keep those going. We need to stand in those in- integrity. And in that integrity, we can we continue to grow. But here's the thing. When you have the non-mutually beneficial relationships, the ones that can be reframed and the ones that will never be reframed, those drain you. Mm-hmm. And what I found with a lot of the apex performers is that they feel empty. They look at their phone and the five people that they talk to the most never just ask them how they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's always an ask. It's always a request. And so we need to get some of that energy back. We got to get some deposits into our account as well. And that may sound like it's selfish, but it's only selfish if you don't do it because you can't possibly be your best self if you're totally drained in them. And then what happens naturally when you are showing up in an amazing way is your responsibilities in the workplace grow because people see you as a leader. They want to follow you because of the way that you show up. And in that, in that alone, your compensation tends to grow. So those are the first three levels that gets your stress down. That gets life to a better place. If you do that. And you're you're definitely, you're definitely on the way. I'm curious building on that. uh, um, Cause uh, you know, this, this kind of things are easier said than done in particular, when you have uh, relationships where you are invested in, or maybe for many years, maybe for decades. Maybe someone that is very close to you, maybe is a family member. So let's not get me started with that. What was, uh, in your experience, uh, a, um, a relationship that you know in your life wasn't mutually beneficial that you had to let go of? And how, and how did you prepare yourself for that, to be ready and have that conversation? Because not an easy conversation to have. In particular with someone, there is a lot of emotional attachment or tension. Um, if you can think about one that you have in mind, how did you prepare yourself for that conversation? And what was the scenario? If you can, if you're willing to share it, of course. Yeah. I mean, I got a divorce, right? And I watched somebody who was absolutely comfortable taking in everything that I was willing to give and did not feel compelled to do anything in return. What do you do with that? And a lot of times you only see that in familiar relationships. You'll, you'll see a parent or a grandparent do it. You'll see a brother or sister do it. You'll, you'll see a spouse do it. You'll see a kid do it. And you just allow yourself to be taken advantage of over and over again. And then, you know, your generosity turns into resentment. Mm-hmm. You, you go from a jovial person who's giving because you think that's what you should do and it's what you want to do to somebody who wishes that that person didn't exist. 
and you end up in a really, really, if you're not careful, dark place. Mm-hmm. And it shows up in your other relationships because you didn't actually take the time to handle that relationship. And so everything becomes transactional with the other people in your life because you don't feel like you're getting a fair shake at yeah. that relationship that is closest to you. And how did you get, and to complete the question, how did you get ready to handle that moment? Because it's a big thing, you know, it's a big decision. Yeah, I, is that, how did you get, because, um, and going, I want to go back also to what we are talking about, which is uh, at the beginning, which talking about, you know, your self-image and self-esteem for that to be able to have that conversation. So how was that process for you? Yeah, it's probably not one that a person does, gets ready for by themselves. There's usually some type of accountability partner on the outside of that situation who's forcing you to look in the mirror and see what the mirror is showing you instead of the romanticized picture that you've created in order to make it okay. You know, one of my favorite questions to ask folks when they come into our environment is, what are you telling yourself is okay that you know? And once you get clarity around that, then you know what you have to do. You may not want to do it. You may avoid it. You may try to figure out a way around it. But the reality is all of the things that you truly desire are on the other side of that fear. It's on the other side of that conversation. And so it was a bunch of writing. It was a bunch of reading because I was trying to build up a, a body of knowledge, a, a, some reference material that I could use as to why this was not okay. Other than it just didn't feel right anymore. Mm -hmm. And when I finally did that, I, I was able to move forward. But for most people, it's going to be an emotional outburst. They're yeah, not that's... actually going to have a conversation when tempers are calm because they don't want to rock the boat. But that's the time to have the conversation instead of when you're in a fit of rage because you can't believe that that person would do whatever they did. Yeah, that's exactly why I asked you this question because uh, you know, told too many people talking to clients, you know, we all we are all humans and we all have those kind of conversation and in one way or another, sometimes we need to have and uh, if we they're not handled well, they can backfire even and create something that uh, now it might take even years to to mend or to just get over or you know you you're not handling in the best way you can. And that's why I asked you about the preparation because that preparation is what maybe help you going back to that the concept of center or being centered when you're having that conversation. So you are not. Uh, you can resist the reaction. Maybe you cannot able to stop it completely, but at least you can do the best you can to resist it. I have one final question uh, before we wrap up this interview. And uh, um, in talking, working with peak performers, uh, there is the concept of flow. There is the concept of being in the flow and being in the state of flow. What are your views on that? And uh, what can we do as well to access that state of flow more consciously instead of just happening, right? 
So here's the woo woo part of the interview, because <laughs> I think a lot of people think hey, uh, we know, we we are woo we are very woo woo friendly here. We are very woo woo yeah. friendly in the GTEx world. So bring it on. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. Um, if you believe that you can muscle it, if you feel like you can just force things to happen, you're in for a very rude awakening when you start trying to do something big. And so the biggest lever that you can use in order to take your business to the next level is flow state. Think about it like the jet stream in the Atlantic Ocean. You get in it and it pushes you along and it pushes you at a pace that you haven't been able to create yourself. It's the wind at your back. And so how do you get into flow? It's really simple. You have to be in purpose and you have to be on purpose. Everything else has a tremendous amount of friction. Now you may say, Jerome, I don't know what my purpose is or Jerome, I don't get paid well to do things that are in my purpose. Here's what I can tell you. If you're in purpose and you're on purpose and you have the requisite gifts necessary to fulfill the purpose, your gifts will always make room for you. You mm -hmm. wouldn't have that thing placed on your heart. You wouldn't be tooled the way that you're tooled if that was not what you were supposed to be doing. And the mm -hmm. universe colludes in order for you to get the opportunity to do that. But you have to make sure that you're actually in purpose and on purpose instead of in ego, which is where the majority of us live. Mm -hmm. How do I know if I'm in ego? Well, did you do that because of the amount of money it pays? Or did you do it because you felt like you would be able to buy this or buy that as a result mm -hmm. of it and people would be impressed with the thing that you have? Because if you did, then you weren't in purpose, you were in ego. And those two are polar opposites in my book. And so getting in purpose, getting on purpose is the fastest way to getting in the flow. I, lo I love it. Uh, have you ever read the book um, uh, Essentialism? Or familiar with I it? I have not. I thought you were going to say the surrender experiment. I have not read. Oh, that have you have you read the surrender experiment or listened to it? Yeah, yeah, epic, epic book. That was a big part uh, of last my journey last year. Um, but is a is a is an interesting concept on the book essentialism, which is building on uh, things very complementary to what you are saying. And that's uh, my essentialism phase at the moment where I'm exploring getting rid of everything else that uh, I don't feel is on purpose or I don't feel gives me, gets me to express my highest level of contribution. And of course, going through that elimination process, you're learning a lot about yourself, about what's important to you, what's not important to you. And... Uh, I think is a necessary step when you talked about being in flow, getting rid of eliminating as much as possible everything else that creates friction. <laughs> because if we spend the majority of our time in the things that create friction, then we have no energy left for what is on purpose, which then keep us in the state of flow. So that that's that's why I asked. Um, is a is an is a very fascinating read, and I also love the way you describe being in flow because. I play sports, I play basketball, and uh, I always love play, doing basketball references. And, you know, there are those moments where everything goes in. Everything goes in and you feel you're there, you're present, the buckets go in, the three-pointers, they're just like raining down, they're wet. 
And then you have those days where you maybe your mind is clouded and maybe I spent too much of my day in things in my business that create friction. My shot is off. My shot is off. Ramming in and out. And that's a get, going back to what we said before about the impact that other things that we do in, have in our day, then the impact of our state of flow and our performance, right? I think that's a way to to bring this interview to an end. Jerome, it's been a, a great having you on the show and a very meaningful conversation. You know, a lot of time, yeah, we talk about strategies to make more money and uh, getting more leads and getting more clients. I like this conversation that give us a moment to stop and reflect about ourselves and who we are at our core. And I think that this has been one of these conversations. So, so thank you. Uh, for, for everyone that wants to keep in touch with you, you know, what's, what's the best way? Yeah, JeromeMyers.co. You guys can go over there and there's a lot of free resources there. We got a cool blog and a bunch of other stuff, but you can find out everything you want to know about us there. You can get to the socials and everything from there. So JeromeMyers.co. All right, JeromeMyers.co. Make sure you check it out. And also uh, leave us a review. Let us know what you think and what you enjoyed about this interview. What uh, did Jerome say that made you stop and reflect? Definitely, I'm going to be in a reflective, contemplative mood for uh, probably the, the rest of the evening, to be honest, <laughs> after this interview. And I wish it was to be the same. And for this, not just to become a, a sure thing that you just press start and, and stop, but uh, you stop and reflect uh, and you assess yourself. Um, Jerome, final message for all our listeners. Uh, what is the final message you want to leave everyone with? Your dreams should be real. And if you haven't heard that recently, if you haven't ever heard that, you're now responsible for it. You listen all the way to the end of the interview. So we obviously said something that was intriguing for you. And now I'm challenging you to go make your dreams a reality because they should be real. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Jerome Myers, thank you very much. Appreciate you, man. And um, also, uh, if, you have, uh, if you are new to the podcast, uh, if you're listening right now or watching, if you're new to the podcast, make sure you subscribe. Let us know with a five-star review. What are your thoughts? Uh, reviews are the lifeblood of every show. They're good for the guests. They're good for the show. They're good for my ego. They're good for everyone. So... Uh, let's let's go with this and until next time remember that together we grow exponentially ciao thank you for listening to explode your expert business show if you enjoyed the interview please subscribe to the show and leave us a review every week we will select a winner from the reviews that we get so it might be you make sure you give us a review it means the world to us and that's how we, you can help us grow the show also remember to download the expert business checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially. <laughs>